Welcome to the Storytellers Love Podcast, where everyday women share stories of God's love. I'm Robin, and I'm here with Katie and Lindy. And today we have a really special story for you. Mm -hmm. We have Keisha from Virginia, who we actually met on social media. She reached out on Instagram and shared her story. And as soon as she had a video of it, and Mm -hmm. as soon as we saw that, we knew that we wanted to share this because this is a story we have never had before. Mm -hmm. And it is a story of domestic violence. That's right. I mean, Keisha really opened my eyes to statistics of domestic violence. And just she gives such great advice to those who might be experiencing this right now. So we hope that that her story encourages you if you're out there. And we hope that her story also educates you as well. So here she is. Thank you, storytellers, for allowing me to tell my story. It's actually my testimony in a way. The Latin word for testimony is testis, and it actually means witness. I think that is so profound, and I I absolutely just love what it means. I believe sharing real-life stories or your testimony helps bring healing to the person who's telling the story, and once healed, healing to others. There is so much power in your testimony, and the healing that it can bring to others is unimaginable. Again, I am so grateful for this opportunity to share my message about the love that saved me. My name is Keisha Reed. I am a God-loving woman who loves to teach God's Word. I'm a mother of both two-legged creatures and one with four legs. Two of my favorite things to do is cooking and eating. I'm a foodie, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. I am a published author who has shared my story on platforms, but now I am so excited and happy to add storytellers live to my resume. I have saved the best for last. I am a newlywed who recently got married in February. To the man that I know God put on this earth just for me, Apostle Ricardo Reeves. He is the best kingdom teacher I have ever heard. He delights himself in teaching God's word to all who will listen. And it's such a joy listening and watching him teach. Every time he opens his mouth, I am in awe of his teachings. I pastor alongside of him in the greatest church in the world with the greatest people in the world. Of course, I'm a little biased there. Kingdom Life Embassy in Lynchburg, Virginia. It is the most loving church that I've ever been to in my life. When you come in, everybody greets you with love and the just they embody what God is and that is love. And I'm glad we're talking about love because my story has a lot to do with that today. While you were listening to that small intro about me, and my life, you would have thought that maybe things have always been smiles and sunshine for me, but it hasn't always been that way. Growing from a child to an adolescent to an adult was really challenging for me. At a young age, my parents got divorced. And if you are a product of divorce, you will know that divorce doesn't just come alone. It totes a bag. And ladies, I'm not talking about that cute little overnight bag that you get and you take with you when your husband is taking you away on a vacation or your girlfriend, y'all are going away for a weekend. I'm talking about that big, ugly piece of luggage that you have to drag behind you. You know, that piece that the wheel may be a little waggly, a little wobbly. That's what happens. During divorce, it doesn't come alone. It comes with a bag. And in that bag, it is filled with emotions and difficulties and questions. Every child deals with divorce differently. So I can only speak on my experience. When my parents got a divorce, it left me feeling a void in a way. I started to miss the affection, the love, and the attention that I got as a young child. But I do want to say this right from the beginning. 
it was not my parents' fault the way that my life went. However, I am a firm believer that every circumstance you encounter in life does play a part in how you grow up. But it wasn't their fault. They were two individuals who were trying to pick up the pieces from a divorce. They were doing the best they could. And I believe that my sister and I got a little lost in the shuffle. So as I was growing up, I felt something missing within myself. I had no idea what it was. So I started searching. I didn't know what I was looking for. I just figured that when I found it, I would know what it was. As time went on, I'm still having this lonely feeling, this, this feeling of sadness and, and just a void within my life. I started questioning things. So I began to think maybe it's love that I'm missing. Maybe that's what I need. So I began dating. What I found was not love at all. Without skating around the name for it, I will just come out and say it. What I found was emotional and physical abuse. I began to crave love so much that I didn't allow myself to see what was really happening. The one question people always ask me or others that have been in an abusive relationship is, why didn't you just leave? When you first enter a relationship, your partner doesn't immediately start hitting you or speaking bad to you. No, it's subtle. The abuser's way of getting you to the point where you only trust them is a mind tactic. They make you feel like you're alone and all you have is him or her. And I want to I want to put a pin in that right there, because most people think that the only people that get abused is women are women. That's not true. Men get abused as well. I have came across a lot of men that have also been abused. I think it's just mainstream with women because men get kind of nervous, you know, and they're like, oh, I'm a man. I don't want anyone to know I got abused. But men get abused as well. So what the abuser does in my situation, again, please remember that I'm talking about my situation. This is what happened with me. That that abuser starts to make you feel like you only need them. They start to make up things about your friends and your family, and they tell you, oh, you can't talk to them. You can't see them. You don't need to be around them. Sometimes they will even move you away from your family so you can only depend on them. They have to get you to a place where you're only in their space. And most of the time, it's done with charm. They make everything sound good and like they are looking out for you in your best interest. When all along, it's only for them to get you in a place where they can be who they really are. Like I said, the abuse doesn't start immediately. And for me, it didn't. I was young and I never, ever thought about red flags because I never was taught about them. No one told me what a red flag is, what it was. I didn't know what it was. So abuse, like I said, it's subtle and it can happen in a way where you don't even know it. It can start with a pinch or a small shove or telling you what to wear or what not to wear. It isn't something that's sitting right there in front of your face. Because, of course, if it was, I would have ran for the hills. But I didn't because my mind was actually conditioned in a way. And at that time, I didn't have Christ in my life. So I was looking for something and somebody. So my mind was kind of conditioned in a way to only believe and hear what this person was saying to me. But what I want to do, I I don't want to glorify the abuse, uh, the black eyes, the bruises, broken bones, or emotional abuse. That doesn't need to be displayed. Instead, the love that saved me does. When I was at my lowest point and thought that I was about to lose my life to domestic violence, 
God used a man I didn't know to save my life. Minutes away from the trigger being pulled by my abuser, I heard a knock on the door. Whoever the stranger was behind the door would not leave, and I was so glad he didn't. He was so persistent to coming into my home. And I, all I was thinking was, God, this has to be, this has to be you. The door finally was open because he wouldn't leave. And he said, there is a oil leak in your neighborhood. We need you guys to vacate the property now. He sat at that door until we walked outside. I remember this day like it happened yesterday. I was sitting at home. My kids were at school. And it had gotten to a place where, of course, we called no names. My abuser had figured he had had enough. And he muttered these words to me. He said, I'm going to kill you. And then I'm going to kill myself. I'm telling you, I have no idea why I was not scared. You would have thought that I would have been crying and shaking and, and just in a place of hysteria, but I wasn't. I was calm and I just sat there. I watched him as he closed the blinds. Then he cut the television on and he cut it all the way up so it would be loud inside the home. And I kind of just sat there and I said, you know what? This may be the end. And all I could think about was my kids coming home and finding both of us inside the home dead. That was my only thought. I watched him open this chest that was at the end of our bed. I had never, ever known what was in it because he kept it locked. When he opened it, I saw guns. I saw my social security card, my IDs. I even saw Christmas gifts that my parents had uh, mailed to us and we never got them. He told us that he never saw anything. He tried to hide all of that from us. He kept us away from our family. So he took out this one gun and started cleaning it. And I really thought that was it. All of a sudden, a knock on the door, a stranger saying, you need to come outside. There's an oil leak somewhere in the neighborhood and we need to vacate the premises so we can start looking around. Wow. I wasn't, I honestly was in shock at that moment. I know that the hand of God was at work. After that, you know, the days were really long for me because I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know where his attitude was, where his head was. And if you've ever dealt with physical abuse or any kind of abuse, you know, after what happens, they get, start to become very apologetic. They buy gifts and they try to get you back in the place where you forgive them. Okay, I did. But you know why? Because I needed time to go and get myself together and get out. If you read any website um, talking about domestic violence, it says to have a safety plan. That safety plan tells you exactly what to do. You can't tell everybody what you're doing. You have to tell someone you trust, hey, this is what's happening. Me and my children are going to leave at this time, and we're going to meet you here. I had to get a plan in place, but it was only me. Everyone that I had known was basically out of my life, and I lived miles and miles away from home. So I got the safety plan together, and I just started watching his every move. I started piece by piece taking clothes out of the house, 
mostly everything that we owned stayed there because I didn't want him to notice that I was taking stuff out of the home. So I only took enough and hid them in the back of my vehicle so me and my children could have clothes until we found somewhere to go. Once I was able to execute the plan, we drove around for hours until I finally called my father. Now, remind you, that trunk at the end of our bed had everything of mine in it. At night, he would take my keys and everything and put them inside of that trunk. I had no money or anything. I called my dad. He got us a hotel room and we went to stay there for a couple of nights because I had planned to drive back home to Virginia. Like I said earlier, those days were dark. I had nothing. I felt like I had nobody and I just didn't know what to do. So I started reaching out to the family that I knew loved me. And all of a sudden, it all comes back to mind. You do have people that love you. It was a very challenging time, but I started to read God's word. I started to pray. And I also, my friend at the time, who is an amazing woman of God, we started talking more and more. And she just kept feeding me the word and telling me scripture and telling me who I was and what God could do. I kept encouraging myself daily. I kept encouraging myself so I would not go back. I would look at my kids while they were sleeping and say, listen, you're doing this not just for yourself, but for them. You know what? The most simple thing that I can say, I just kept going. I I literally just kept going. I did not look back. I kept going. I kept God in my focus. And I said, Lord, if you brought me out of it, which he did, let's not forget that knock on the door. He brought me out of that. So I dared not turn my back and go back to what he brought me out of. I knew in that moment, God was giving me away and I had to take it. I began to pray again. I started going to church again. I started loving the person I hadn't loved before, myself. I started to feed myself scriptures daily. And when I did that, all the names I was called and the negative things said to me began to dissipate. The thought that God who created the universe, the most powerful being ever, loved me personally stayed in my mind. When I finally wrapped my head around that, I was overwhelmed with gladness. God's love is unconditional and infinite. And to think he loved me. All that time I was searching for love and avoid to be filled. I had no idea that it was already inside of me. Isaiah 54 and 10 says, though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. Wow. That is powerful. That was the kind of love I was searching for the entire time. The power of God's love is unchangeable, it's unstoppable, and it's indescribable. Human love can sometimes let us down. But if you've given your heart to Jesus, he wants you to know that he will never let you down. The word says that. The word says that he will never, ever let you down. I had to get to a place within myself that I was not dependent on a man. I was depending on God. 
I was depending on the on the God himself who said, Keisha, I don't care how many mistakes you've made. I love you. I don't care what you did yesterday. I love you. See, God's love isn't conditional. Not like a human's love could be. God's love is unconditional. He has that agape love. And I'm telling you, once you find that love, it is not one thing, not one person that can pull you from that. It's really, I will say, statistics of domestic violence is really, really alarming. You can have almost, I, I believe it's still probably the same. It's, of course, it changes throughout the years. But 10 million, 10 million people a year, that is men and women, go through domestic violence. There are over 20,000 calls a day to the domestic violence hotline. 20,000. Imagine how many calls, and that's a lot, 20,000 phone calls. Imagine the woman or the man who doesn't reach out for help. I was one of those people. I was so terrified to reach out for help because I didn't know what would happen. A woman leaves her abuser an average of seven times before she leaves for good. Not going to lose my life to domestic violence. I had to figure out, and and that's what it was. I had to learn who I was in Christ, who he made me, who what what he had for me, the 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 love, the joy, the peace that he had for me. I had to learn that. And I only learned that by listening to his word. The word says we were fearfully and wonderfully made. The word said that we were made in his image. How could I allow myself to not believe that? I couldn't any longer. I could not any longer. I told you guys at the beginning that I was a foodie and I like to eat, right? That's what I started doing. Just like I told you earlier, I started feeding myself the word. The more you feed yourself positive, the more the negative starts to run out. The more you fill yourself up of God's word, the more things that people told you you were and who you are and the negative things and the name calling, that stuff starts to fall out and you start believing what God said. You start believing who God says you were, who God says he made you to be. You're not stupid. You're smart. You're not ugly. You're pretty. You're, 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 you're not slow. You don't have to listen to someone saying, no one wants you. No one will ever want you. Guess what? You have an all-powerful God who created you in the womb of your mother. Before he created you, he said he knew you. I believe that there is someone who loves you. I know it seems like you may not can leave. And I know it seems like you just have to stay in that situation. And it may not even be abuse, physical. It may be emotional. Most of the time with physical abuse, emotional and mental abuse accompanies it. Accompanies it. So it may just be you're hurting from situations that have nothing to do with physical abuse. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's something that was passed down from generation to generation. Guess what? The love that saved me can also save you. My prayer today for you is for you to get real with yourself. Get in a place of vulnerability by yourself alone. Take out your luggage, unzip it, and start to unpack it. And when you're unpacking that luggage, 
throw it away. The Bible says everything is thrown in a sea of forgiveness, never to be never to be brought up again. That's what you do. Throw everything that you went through in the sea of forgiveness. And then you know what you do? You take that luggage you have and you start packing it with things you really need. You don't go to the Bahamas and take sweaters. You don't go to the Bahamas and take long johns. No. You start packing that piece of luggage with what you need. Peace, love, joy, long-suffering, kindness. And the way you can do that is by reading your word and allowing God to shape you into the very person that he has called you to be. You are worthy of everything that God says you are. He loves you so very much. And I am so grateful and I am so thankful that I was able to find the love that saved me. You know, when titling Keisha's story, it just really stood out to me to title it The Love That Saved Me because she just really refers back to the Father's love. And I love how she just kept saying, you know, it's so hard to imagine all of us mm-hmm. that the creator of the universe knows us and loves us unconditionally. And so as she, you know, as she spoke through her story, I was just like, Lord, he just kept speaking to me about that love. And I knew he wanted me to do a discovery guide for it. So with Keisha's story today on Patreon is a discovery guide that really lets you dig into scripture about the love of God and the love that he has for you, the intimate love that he has for you and that he wants the best for you. And so If you're interested in Patreon, you can go to patreon.com forward slash STL community. If you're not a member, it's $5 a month and you get not only discovery guides from past stories, but you also get a lot of extra content with bonus stories and stories within the story. So I did want to throw that out there before we got into some of our um, discussion about Keisha's story. But I also did just want to thank Keisha for reaching out to us, because like you said, Robin, this is a story that we Mm -hmm. have not had before. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's a story that many women are struggling with, not only just physical abuse, but also emotional abuse as well. When she shared those stats in her story, I I had no idea. Heartbreaking. And those kind of stats, that means that it is your neighbor three doors down, Mm -hmm. you know, it Uh is people all around you. It is your friends that are not speaking Mm -hmm. up and Mm -hmm. that are silenced. Mm -hmm. And that was so eye opening to me to, to just be aware. That's right. I think it's such an important, Mm -hmm. so important to hear. In our comfortable little world that all of us live in, we forget that absolutely it can be your neighbor next door. My mom always said, you never know what's going on in the four walls next to you. Yeah, I mean, and it's true. And it's true. You know, it it was also a good reminder to me that, you know, we say God doesn't perform miracles like he used to in the Old Testament, the New Testament. I was like, absolutely. There was a miracle there of that man showing up. At that exact moment. I mean, because think of chills. all that had to line up yeah. for oh, him to ring that doorbell yes. at that minute. Yes. At that minute, she told, I mean, I felt like I was in the room yeah. with her. Absolutely. When she's talking about her husband, just that, the, you know, that anger and the doorbell rings. Mm-hmm. There's no way that's mm-hmm. anything but God. Mm-hmm. You throws coincidence out the window right. because there's no way on earth mm-hmm. um, other than God that that happens. And as she was sharing this story, I couldn't help but think, how do you get out of that? Mm-hmm. What what do you do next? What are your next steps? And the way she described just one, asking for help, and then two, just digging Gosh, into God's yeah. word and knowing that he was the only person that could save her. I absolutely love the picture that she gave. She said, I like to eat. You know, at the very <laughs> beginning, she talked about being a foodie. 
And then she said, I just started feeding myself with God's word. And for me, that was such a good reminder that our soul needs that food, just Mm -hmm. like our bodies do to run. And I just, the the imagery that she gave Mm -hmm. of feeding herself with God's word was a great reminder to me as well. And she was able to find her self-worth through his word. Yes. Yes. And now she's newly married (laughs) in a wonderful, healthy relationship. And they're in ministry full time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you can just help tell from hearing in her voice how much she wants to encourage and help other women to get out from anywhere that they're stuck. Yeah. And whether that's abuse or I was able to just apply this to my own life of when you feel stuck in an area, I'm not in a violent situation and I'm not in a dangerous situation. But we can always find ourselves somewhere mm-hmm. where the answer is to turn back to the Bible. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. We do want to encourage all of you that if you are in an abusive relationship or you know someone that is, we have included a link in our show notes to thehotline.org, which is a national domestic violence helpline. So we would just encourage you to talk with someone or get help today. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.